What is it about pathological liars, man? Oh, hey, it's still sober with John Raven. So if you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane, everybody. Hello. But pathological liars. So my, when you use temp help at work, uh, especially uh, when you're using a temp service that that's uh, different from some some uh, payout every two weeks. Uh, we used a particular one in the past few weeks where they actually uh, get paid almost immediately, like the very next day after after a shift. Um, now that attracts all interesting kinds of people. Uh, for us, though, it was actually pretty successful. We we got people who could do the work. It was uh, it was pretty great. But we also got just an occasional outlier. You know, just different, just oddball. And we had a couple of them. And they were, they were pathological. And one of them, he and I got to talking and we got to talking about sobriety and he was, uh, you know, talking about how, cause I'm very modest. I don't, I don't talk about sobriety out in the real world. I don't walk around going, I'm in recovery, everybody. I used to love smack. Look at me. That's kind of an early, early in the game kind of mindset. That's not really something you you do like 11 years into the game. You know, you've kind of moved on and, and you're living a, your new normal. And it's just, uh, but this, so this, but this guy was, once he found out, he's like, oh, blah, 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 uh, you know, 12 step. And all this other stuff. And then one of the few things that I think, because I kept kind of listening to him and being like, I think uh, everything he said is either uh, a skewed perception or just flat out bullshit. And then he was talking about how he, you know, when he's talking about recovery, he's, uh, you know, he's, he was uh, he was agreeing with me about how it was... Uh, about how recovery, it's not necessarily the amount of uh, clean time you have. It's about a mindset to me. That's, you know, that's, that's more important to me is, you know, your mindset and who you are now, your patterns and all that stuff. It's not, you don't rely on, and now I've got five years and now I've got six years. Ooh, I'm racking them up. I mean, it's, that's more of a, the timestamps are more of like, like, Oh, that's, that's cool. You know, uh, my mom gives me a, uh, an AA chip, your chip every, every year. Um, as tradition. And I have like a, uh, like a, this rack that holds them, uh, like a display d display case kind of thing. Um, and that's cool. It's a nice reminder, but it's not something that, uh, that I live by to where, you know, 
put pressure on myself to try to make it another year. Like I'm trying to rack him up. It's not that. So he was kind of gung ho about that. He was like, yeah, no, it's all, you know, clean times. Yeah. But he was, but he was being weird. Right. And then come to find out, he's a, he's like, yeah, I've been sober for almost, you know, almost three months. And that's when part of me just kind of went, oh, okay. And while I say that it's about a mindset, um, the thing about it is this, when you're getting sober, the hardest The hardest clean time, the hardest sobriety time to earn is between, is, is going from three months to nine months. In my opinion, that's the hardest time. Because those first three months, you may have heard of the pink cloud. It's real which is when you when you first get sober and you get over any kind of withdrawals and you get over any kind of, uh, you know, the physical um, aspects of it. And then you're just dealing with, uh, you know, habits and, 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 you know, and just your, your thinking. What happens, though, is at the beginning, you start your brain starts working again because you're not dumbing it down. And so you get, uh, you know, you get your 30 days and you, you get like 30 to 60, like you start feeling a lot better. You get like immediate results. You can, you can think more clearly. You're, you feel, you feel better. You feel more active. You're starting to do stuff that you haven't done in the longest time. You feel real. You're like, this is, oh, my life has changed. I'm a new man, you know, and this is, this is the new way. And, um, you start touting recovery and this goes on for about the first 30 to 90 days that, that, uh, Getting 30 to 90 days, getting one month, three months of sober time is not the easiest, but it's, once you get rolling, it's, it comes pretty quick, but somewhere around 90 days between 90 and then the sub subsequent months that follow it, it becomes a grind. You come down off that cloud. And you're, you're, you start to get bored again. You start to get anxious. You get real pacey. Your focus is kind of fucked. You, uh, you start getting in a rut. It just happens because you have to push through it. But that's the hardest part. Because you're also still trying to, because it takes anywhere, uh, for, for, for like new habits to form, it takes, uh, uh, I think on average, it says 30 to 45 days, consecutive days 
of a habit to kind of really to rewire your brain to where you're used to doing that. Um, that's on the low end. The high end's more like six months. You know, three to six months is more of a, I would, I would say for, for a lot of people. And it's just, uh, it's difficult. So significant change in a person's life and their thinking happens more on the, the back end of that first year. So in those first three months, you can be sober, but you're still, there's a really good chance, especially if you didn't go to rehab, especially if you're just going to, because meetings, 12 step doesn't deal with therapy. It's not therapy. You know, doing, uh, trying to work the steps using a sponsor, that's not a ther that's not therapy. That's not a, that's not a good it's not a complete substitute for therapy and working out your issues. Rehab is rehab is like small group, large group, one-on-one -on -one counseling. It's like there's, it's, it's like a crash course in therapy. It's why, um, for severe cases, rehab is more successful than just, uh, I'm just going to go to a meeting sweat it out. It's just, uh, it's, it's not the same. So short story long, when that guy says that he's been sober for almost three months, all of that made sense as to why he was most likely pathological <laughs> still, because he is not completely accepted responsibility of his actions um, and is honest with himself. He's not going to be honest with himself. He's not going to be so honest with anybody else. And it's weird. Pathological liars are weird to me because they make up stories or they exaggerate stories in ways that are unnecessary. It's strange. We had one guy who was absolutely full of shit had to talk about when, you know, he's like, oh, you know, a couple nights ago, I was a bouncer at uh, whatever club he named. And talking about he getting into a fight with three guys. And he must have been pretty good because for getting into a fight 48 hours earlier, the guy had zero bruises on his face or hands. So this guy must have taken out three guys with just his feet and not been touched. It's pretty impressive. It's just, why, why not tell a story about kicking out one guy and getting into an altercation with one? Why bump it up to three? And then talk about how he's got a, there's a YouTube video of it on his Instagram. And I'm like, okay, so you beat up three guys, which bouncers don't do. They kick people out. They don't just brawl with them in the street. That's not something that happens. You have enough security. You deal with it. You don't just, they don't, you just don't brawl people in the street. You throw them out. You've got 
strategy. You know, that's just not how things work. But the other thing is that so, so you fought three guys while recording it. Or you had somebody record it. How did you get somebody to record it fast enough when things just happened? Did you did you plan on fighting three people? It's all bullshit. It's just, but just I don't understand the the lies taken to a a point that just makes no sense. Like there's no there was no like there's no call for it. Like you're talking about, uh, you know, another, what was another one? Um, he owned, he's prepping for the end of the world. So he owns two AKs, two, that each hold a thousand rounds. Now, why a thousand? Is it, is it not enough that you can lie about owning an AK-47? Okay, now you have two. You can't just own one. And and that one AK can't have a clip on it. One of those round clips that holds a lot of bullets. It doesn't hold a thousand. Can't you, in your lie, can't you do a little research and look up and go, oh, the, 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 the big clip holds uh, a couple hundred. And you say, I own one AK-40, which he doesn't, but I own one with the, as, as opposed to the banana clip, the the, the round one, the, the drum. I got the drum clip on there that holds a, a certain amount, but not a thousand bullets because that's really fucking heavy and not, uh, uh, fun, you know, not... Uh, functional that doesn't make any sense like why go to that level it's it's weird it's a bizarre way of living it's one i mean i understand being you know i i was in that that kind of world you know i mean i understand being you know you've got your own self-delusion you know you lie to yourself to get through so you know it takes nothing to lie to other people but man to be lost that lost to where you got to really up your absolutely full of shit stories just to be, I don't know, is it because you, you is, is regular life that boring? Are your regular lies like, mm, these lies just aren't cutting it. We've got to really make spectacular lies now. We're really good at, uh, as ex-junkies, um, former alcoholics, former drug addicts, whatever you want to call yourself, recovering, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're good at spotting our weaknesses in others. Like, well, just, it's human nature. It's, it's uh, things, uh, the things that bug you the most in other people is stuff that uh, you recognize as weaknesses in, within yourself uh, a lot of the times. But um, in recovery, it's real easy to spot that stuff in other people. 
And uh, what's weird to me is when you come across, you know, people who are in denial of some things and definitely dealing with, you know, they're, they're getting out of control, but it may not be alcohol or drugs might be something else, but you're still getting the same byproduct of that self-destruction and that abuse. You still see them, you know, they're still in that, uh, in that kind of world of shit. And, um, so, I mean, that's, that's come across, you know, I've had, I've had people that are like, I, I don't think that that particular person has a problem with alcohol or drugs. I'm like, yeah, but their, their actions speak otherwise, but, uh, who knows? Um, it's, and of course what happens is, is that by being in that lifestyle, you are either that person or you've been around that person either in jail or in treatment or in uh, around other users or in a sober house or in meetings. You're around these kinds of people for a while and that helps you spot them almost immediately when you're talking with people. You When you sit, you hey, wait a minute. I smell bullshit like immediately and it's that kind of thing my um i'm really really good at reading people like that um on kind of like a uh skin skin deep level like just enough when it's related to like work or, you know, having to function on kind of a base level where it's, you know, I don't think this person is going to be good to work with or to hire, um, that they will ultimately be a problem. I have a very good track record of sniffing them out and I'm ultimately, unfortunately, proven right a lot. I say unfortunately because it typically comes back to cause me more work later or affects the quality of uh, what we've got to do. I mean, it's just, you know, things that happen. Um, it's always interesting because at first it sounds like I'm just being a moody prick because I've got rest, you know, resting, you know, asshole, sarcastic asshole face. And I just kind of, you know, I, don't, you know, I either get along with people really well or it's, you know, there can be something about them that just rubs me the wrong way almost immediately. And, oh, geez, big yawn. Great. I'm boring myself. My apologies. Um, what was I saying before I, uh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, no, I can, I, you know, I, I will, uh, I've got a reputation of, 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 it comes off like I'm jumping the gun on somebody. They're like, oh, you're just, you need to give them a shot. I'm like, do I? I'm reading this immediately. As I vape. The thing is, is that 
ultimately the one the the issue with uh, being able to read people is this this comes back to this comes out a lot because uh, you will have people in recovery who once they get sober they can pick up these kind of things in like people that they know they really read into people that they know or family members or friends or whatever acquaintances co-workers who may also be struggling with uh, alcohol or drug addiction or might be on the precipice of beginning to struggle. And the problem with a lot of people is that they want to immediately let them know and tell them, you know, and immediately, uh, like they're a physician, diagnose that that person is a drug addict, is an addict or an alcoholic. And that is not your call. You do not get to make that call. Even if you did, that does not help the person. Nobody is told that they may be an alcoholic and immediately go, fuck, I think you're right. I am going to get help immediately just because you sprung it on me. Um, that you casually observed that I might have a problem. I wasn't thinking about it before, but now that you mention it, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and start a new. Thank you for your observation. Uh, you know, um, unsolicited opinion. Appreciate the unsolicited opinion. Those are always accurate and welcome. I love them. Please just tell me what you think always, all day long. Are you an expert? Of course you're not. Please give me your uh, your your feedback. So that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't mean to. I think they just immediately spot it in some people and they're like, hey. And they don't know how to keep their mouth shut. Um, but that's what you need to do. You need to mind your own business. People, because it's not going to help them. They're not going to change their ways just because you got up in their shit. That's not, that's not how people work. When's the last time you, I hear you, Kitty. I'm kind of busy doing something right now. Um, like when's the last time you actually had a discussion online and one person goes, you know what? You're right. It doesn't. You can't. Nobody is convinced of a thing that, you know, just when you when you accuse them of stuff, you accuse somebody of being racist. They don't immediately go, damn it. You're right. I am going to go seek help immediately and find out the source of my hate. Um, Also. It doesn't that doesn't happen, but also it doesn't happen because a lot of times people are called racist that aren't really being racist. It's just uh, context says otherwise. It's just something you are that person is racist to this other um, person who uh, doesn't understand context or uh, really what the subject matter is at all. It's just something that happens. Um, also, it's a go to because that's what that's how you rile up a white person. 
you call them racist. Or you used to. That used to work. Now it's 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 been done too much. It's like when people talk about their trauma too much. People who don't actually have trauma. Which is kind of an insult to people with actual trauma. And who are dealing with actual serious problems. And they're, they're getting lumped in with people who are just, you know, kind of weak. <laughs> no, no, who, who are just kind of like, uh, like, uh, I don't like anything that's hard. Um, basically, that's the whole thing. It's one thing to read thing. You know, I, I, li- I like telling my coworker if I find out, like, you notice that guy was a pathological liar? I did notice that. You know, it's just, Especially since it's not somebody who it's somebody who's a temp worker. It's not like they're coming back. So there's no harm. It's also nice to notice if these people who might come back and you're like, maybe don't have that particular person back. They you can't trust anything that they say. Also, here's the other thing. I don't know, I've never seen a pathological liar at work that works hard. They tend to be, you know they tend to have plans and ideas. They're an idea. I've talked about this before. Uh, idea men, idea men are shit at work. They do not do work. They do ideas. They do talking and thinking kinda. They will share you, uh, with multiple ideas that they have on how to do the job that they're supposed to be doing better without actually doing any of the job. It's actually pretty impressive to watch how complex their process and their thoughts and their, you know, how they're communicating just to, to, to barely get out of doing actual work, but the, but the talking about it, they, you know, and they're letting you know how things could be and, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Can you can you get back on doing that fucking thing that you're supposed to be doing that you're getting paid for? Or do you want to go home? All right. Yeah, it's a good idea. We're not going to do it. Um, it's a shit idea. You've been here 20 minutes. And you've already redefined how this job should work. It's crazy. So... Basically, that's the thing is, you know, if you see signs of, you know, problems in other people, you don't, don't unsolicited give, let them know, hey, looks like you drink too much. Thanks. Appreciate it, Gary, you fuck. What a buzzkill. The only time, I mean, you'll have, if they're good friends, you'll have opportunities. You will have an opportunity to have a discussion with them. You don't have to take them aside and say, hey, I've got this concern, unless you really have a concern. If it's an observation, just keep it to yourself. Like, you will have a chance, because they might, you know, they'll they'll confide in you about uh, issues that they're dealing with. And at that point, you know, it's, it's, it's. Unless it's a real problem and you, you know, you want to mention it to them. I got, you know, that makes sense. But typically you're just kind of noticing stuff. 
it's almost like uh, for your own gratification, the fact that you could spot it. Like, ah, this is how clever I am. That's how I feel. I'm like, man, I am really observant. I, my awareness of my surroundings and how I can analyze people. I'm really good at this. I think I'll tell people how good you got to, you got to fight that. You got to, you know, you can do it, but just fight the boasting and the talking about it's just, it's not gonna, you know, let me tell your buddy. I mean, that's kind of cool. They're like, Hey, you know, you're killing time anyway, but you know, don't, uh, don't ruin strain relationships with friends and family members just to, just so for your own ego, that seems bad. There, that's my, that's my big thought of the week. Don't do that. That seems bad. Still sober pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral. Uh, appreciate it. We'll see you next week. All right, guys. Later. Oh